Lord, as I stand here in your presence, I know that I need you in my life, in the good times and in the bad times. And in this place, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your faithfulness in spite of my unfaithfulness, that when I cry out to you, you are there, whether I know it or not, Heavenly Father. And I just thank you that every person in this place that cries out, I need you more, you are there for them as well. Your grace and your spirit fills this place and it's there for the taking. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your grace, your mercy. Would you just sing this one more time? Just make it your meet you. thank you Lord for your presence in this place for the ability to sing worship to you Heavenly Father we just give you all honor and all praise and all glory because there is no one and nothing on earth or above or anywhere that deserves more honor and praise than you we worship you Heavenly Father with all that we have within us in the good times and in the bad we just give you all honor because you are worthy in your name we pray Amen. Would you all just have a seat? Welcome to Church of God. It's good to see you. Why don't you give us a story how how you got involved in this ministry and how this ministry kind of kind of you came together? When we saw the excitement, it was just like an eye opening to think that there was such excitement happening in the church. Uh, because we had seen that there's definitely a need for the Spirit of God to be uh, moving and active. My story goes back to probably 1982 when uh, we went into the little church at uh, Southside. When he first came, Richard would walk around the neighborhood and uh, talking to people. That's when I first had an encounter with Pastor Richard. I was building my house back at that time. And uh, I needed muscle because I was putting up the walls. And Richard would go to my house almost every day ministering to me. And I would run out the back because here comes the pastor, man. We've been members of New Beginnings Church of God since we were born. One of the things my mom would tell us after church is that, you know, we're watching you from the front, your dad's watching you from the back, but God watches you from above. I'm going to say 1991, maybe. We were invited to a party. At that party was Pastor Richard. I had never (laughs) seen a pastor like Richard Mansfield in my life. We were church shopping. We were interviewing churches and never connected, never felt like we belonged. So with a 20-minute drive to the South Valley on a Sunday morning, pulling up in front of Southside with... Depredation 
and apprehension. And I, Never felt so at home in a place, by the way. It was, it was coming home. How has this ministry impacted your lives? Oh, the impact has been, you know, I can't begin to tell you how it's impacted my life. Moving from, from Southside to New Beginnings was probably one of the most impact things that I, have experienced. I mean, you talk about something being impact, but it wasn't only because there were so many people there, because but there was salvations being, being. Uh, I mean, it was a miracle. I mean, we were just growing. The family that we have through this church. I mean, it, it's the members, the pastors, you, the worship team. All of those make up New Beginnings Church. I told Brother Richard, Brother Richard, I'm praying for another building. And he said, so are we, we're looking. I said, oh, thank the Lord. I came into the church, a full-blown wino, dino, and dingbat, completely out of control. God started a work in me, changed my life, impacted my life in a way that I would never thought it could be impacted. All my kids came to know Jesus under Richard's ministry. Uh, my wife used to teach uh, children's church. The South Side feeling. Heart. is still here. A lot of people, a lot of new people, a lot of new experiences, but that that south side feeling is there still after all these years. Using one word, describe the journey. Miracle. It's a miracle. Rebuild. Love. Awesome. Humbling humbling if someone is interested in you because that's who they are and that's who you are and that's that's humbling everything was rebuilt from 13 people we tore down the old buildings the old building at Carlisle was torn down literally and now we're here and I expect maybe not in my lifetime but at some point this building is going to be torn down and make way for bigger ones the whole journey from La Iglesia de Dios to Southside Church of God to come in here is that the people were all united in love. We always felt that love together. Peace. We have developed this family of all of you. And it's because of this church that I have peace. He continually shows us that his timing is always the right time. His way, his will, his time. His promises are never slow. God's not done rebuilding new beginnings. I firmly believe that. Amen. He's not done. Amen. And just like that, 40 years ago, July the 7th, 1982, our lives were changed forever when Pastor Richard Mansfield and Pastor Cindy Mansfield drove into Albuquerque with their three-month-old baby boy, Ricky. And can we celebrate them, church? Can we celebrate them? 
And our lives have never been the same since. Our lives have never been the same since you and I have been impacted because of their faithful journey of 40, 40 years. And I know that for the past uh, few weeks, you guys have been able to see what's going on. We've had some images up inviting you guys to save the date to a very important time. And that's October the 21st. And that is going to be the time of celebration in which we're going to celebrate our senior pastors in their 40-year journey of what they have done. And Albuquerque has never been the same since that day. Brother David, why don't you tell us a little bit about that event? Uh, you guys know Brother David Gonzalez. He's helping us coordinate. He's one of the coordinators of the event. Brother David, who's been on this journey with Pastor Richard from that day, or very close to it. Brother Dave. Thank you, Jay. So uh, we're going to have an opportunity to <clears throat> to celebrate and to honor Pastor Richard and Sister Cindy for their faithfulness to our church and to God's kingdom. So I know that once God touches something, it never remains the same, but God has used Pastor Richard and Cindy, Sister Cindy to do that, to be his hands and his feet. Anybody in here, um, by a show of hands, has Pastor Richard ministered to your life? Anybody? You know what, that's just about everybody in here. And you know, and now is our opportunity. The scripture says, give honor where honor is due. So we're going to give honor. This is a slight, just a, just a, a, just a simple way to give honor. But we want us all to be there. It's going to be an awesome night. And we want you to save the date, October 21st. It's a Friday night from 6 to who knows when. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have uh, a wonderful dinner together. We're going to honor Pastor Richard. We're going to have professional entertainment. And you're just going to have a great time. And we'll have an awesome time together that evening. And we just want to show our love for our pastors. And this is, this is just a slight way to do so. So, brother, we love you. And we're going we're gonna to be there with you. And I hope you show up. He's always got so many things on his schedule, so. Thank you, Brother David. And Melissa, if you're within earshot, uh, our administrative assistant, I'll ask you, please clear, clear his schedule. Because uh, if not, he will book something in that day. All right. But thank you, church. Can we honor our senior pastors once again? That's right. We can't wait for the day. We want to let you know, church, tickets are now available. It is a ticketed event. And limited seats are are available. And you can purchase your tickets now. If you go to our website, it'll be on our homepage or the events tab on NBCABQ.com. Or you can purchase them via the application under events and registrations. You can purchase your tickets there. Outside, there's also a table in which you can purchase your tickets if you'd rather purchase them with cash or check. You can do that there as well. But church, we want to make sure that you clear your calendar and make sure to join us in that event. It's going to be amazing. Like Pastor David said, it's going to be professional entertainment. Guests from all over the country are going to be here to honor our pastors because they are such a pivotal part of the movement of the church of God in which we want to honor them and give them honor. So thank you, Pastor, for everything you have done for us. And we can't wait for the day. Church, we want you to be there with us. So once again... Please, if you're watching those watching from home, we want to make sure that you participate as well. Make sure and join us. Again, NBCABQ.com under the events tab or even our home screen or the NBCABQ app on your Google Play Store or App Store. All right? We want to make sure that you participate in that. Church, besides that, all that going on, which is going to be very, very important, we want to invite you to some other things. Today is also Baptism Sunday. So if you're here for baptism, right after our announcement time, 
we're going to be uh, headed over here to room 104 in which we're going to be talking just a little bit about what baptism is and um, and just get you prepared because it's immediately following this service, we're going to have baptism. So if, if you're here for baptism, please, as soon as I'm finished here, I'll meet you in 104, which is right out, out these doors right here and to the right. And we can meet and talk about baptism. And immediately following this service, we're going to have baptisms, okay? And then don't forget, women of the Church of God, where are you at? I know the men are making their way back right now from the retreat, but women, where are you? There you are. Women of God, we want to invite you. September the 3rd is going to be our sisterhood, our monthly sisterhood uh, gathering for the women of the Church of God here. We, we call it sisterhood here at New Beginnings. And it's where the women at New Beginnings get together for a monthly meal and a teaching. And this, this month will be our sister Tressa, Sister Tressa, who heads our, our um, info team. She, she's going to be giving the word, and she's going to be giving an inspiring word, and we want to invite you to that. So we want to make sure that if you're not getting involved in uh, to be edified by other men, if you're man, uh, other women, uh, we want you to come, please be a part of sisterhood. And it's going to be September the 3rd. It'll be here at New Beginnings, and it'll be at 1030 here in the courtyard right outside in that main area. We want to invite you to be a part of that. And if you need more information on that, please Talk to Sister Tressa or Sister Liz. They're right out there in the info booth. And so many other things that are going on. We want you to stay connected by always going to NBCABQ.com under the events tab. Or you can log on to our uh, app as well. And always download that, please. And church, thank you again. And quick reminder, we want to say thank you because all of this wouldn't be possible. As we always say, without your faithful giving and your tithe, Thank you so very much, and if you want to continue to be a part of that, and if you want to be a part of the daily life of what we are doing in the outreach and the impact that we are making here in our city, we invite you to be a part of that by, by continuing your gift and giving to the, to the mission of New Beginnings, which is healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ. We invite you to do that. And there are tithing boxes at each doorway here at, at, and giving boxes into the sanctuary, or you can do it with the instructions that you see on the screen behind me or on the screen in front of you watching at home by doing it online through our text messaging app or through our app. And like I said, our giving boxes are at every doorway here in the church, and we want to say thank you so much for your gift in advance. And with that being said, Pastor Richard, welcome to the pulpit. Will we welcome him, please? Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Guys, I got back from the men's retreat last night, and oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Guys, that you didn't go, shame on you. You missed something phenomenal. We had horseback riding. We had skeet shooting. We had uh, a shooting range. We had a water, huge water slide. We had zip line. We had a humongous swing. We had uh, uh, horseback. I think I already said horseback riding. We had fishing. We had, uh, and, and this morning... I wish I could have been there because my grandson and three other guys went bull riding. They even had a bull to go bull ride, a real bull, like a real one, not a mechanical bull, the real thing. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to see the video. My son's supposed to send me a video. My son was over there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, my grandson used to be the biggest chicken. He was afraid of his own shadow, and he was there zipline, and he was there skeet shooting. I was like, who is this kid? But... The power of influence. 
the power of brotherhood. Guys, it was amazing. And some of the guys were like, oh, I would have gone if I would have known, but I have a CPAP machine. There were four men over there with CPAP machines. <laughs> right away they go, hey, do the room have electricity? They'll go, of course we do. We have showers, we have toilets, we have sinks, and every room has one. So there's a lot of privacy, but all their guys with the CPAP machine plugged it in and slept like a baby, and it was awesome. Thank you, thank you for your continued support because through our tithe and our giving, we were able to help subsidize part of the cost on this trip, and it was really amazing. Young people, you're dismissed to go just get, spend some time with Jesus in the youth center. So it's exciting. Anyone from uh, sixth grade up to 12th grade, you guys can be dismissed and uh, just have a great time in the Word and a great time of fellowship, and uh, they study subjects that are very relevant to them. So it's wonderful to see that. Guys, um, I've been doing this series. Oh, by the way, I want to remind you, Unders Construction is a ministry for drug and alcohol deliverance and freedom a program, and they're having their eighth annual fundraiser, and there's some tickets being sold out for different events, but uh, that's what their table is all about. But guys, what I want to share with you, I've been doing this series that's called Changing the Way You Think. Because our thinking is so destructive and how we function can be so debilitating in how we think. And over the last few weeks, we talked about how to, how to make positive changes in your life. How to think with the mind of Christ. We talked about changing the way you think about yourself. Today, I want to talk about changing the way we think about God, because we have a very distorted picture of God. We always see God through our lenses instead of through his lenses, through the lenses of his word. What comes to your mind when someone asks you what God is like? You see, for some of you, you're happy, others are sad, some of you are just blessed, and some of you are mad, and on and on and on. And yet, God is this amazing, amazing creator, this amazing friend, amazing Lord. In the book of Psalm 145, verse 3, it says, Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Lord, help us to really grab a hold of that. And understand that, I pray in Christ's name, amen. You know, as Americans, we have a consumer mindset that what's in it for me? And we treat God like that. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming God. Yet we feel that we're the consumers. And we come to God with our list of things. And we come to God and say, okay, God, I need this and this and this and this and this. Here's my list. Now take care of it. Like if we're the consumer and he's supposed to meet our every need, even though he meets our every need, but when he says he's a consuming fire, we are supposed to present ourselves on the altar. We're supposed to present ourselves on the altar of the Lord, and we're supposed to say, Lord, here I am. And the consuming fire of God should come over us and just minister to us and burn out all the selfishness and those things in our life that shouldn't be there. I forgot to dismiss those that are going to get baptized. 
So if you're going to get baptized, you need to go through that door right over here. Take your stuff with you. You have a class. And please forgive me for that. I'm glad they just reminded me. So whoever's getting baptized, you guys go do that. But we need to understand that God is that consuming fire. So when we lay up on the altar, he burns away the selfishness and the greediness and the self-centeredness and those things in our life that are just about us instead of all about him. And he wants us to truly present ourselves on that altar because he's this immeasurable God, a God that can't be measured, a God that can't be defined with just one word except love. Love consumed him because God is love. So where do you get your view of God? We get it from the circumstances of our life. Like I said, if it's a good circumstance, we go, man, God is good. But if you're going through a difficult time, you're like, yeah, where's God now when you need him? He's nowhere to be found. Some of, some of you are mad at God. You're mad because things didn't turn out the way you thought they should have, and you're upset with him, and you're, you're bugged with him. Some of you are elated with him because things are going so amazingly well, and you just can't contain yourself. And we have all these different emotions. But what I want to talk about today is changing the way you think about God, and I want to talk about six ways to change your life by changing the way you think about God. And the very first one is this, accept God's unconditional love. Accept the fact that he is love and it's his unconditional love. God is love. He loves unconditionally. He doesn't love you more because you're good and bad and not when you're bad. That's what parents have put in our head. I know my mom used to say, si no te portas bien, ahora lo verás. Dios no va a estar bien enojado contigo. If you don't behave, you better be careful because God's not going to be very happy with you. So you were always performing for God. You were always trying to score points with God. You were always trying to live a certain way. Yet the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for that, he says. It's a gift from God. So God has given us our salvation. God has given us. He paid the price for it. He gave his son for it. He emptied himself for it. We need to embrace that, hold on to that, and understand that. God wants to give us the gift of his love and joy and peace, his patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And he wants to give that to us, and he wants to pour himself into us, God's grace. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, not by our works, but by faith, we have peace with God because what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. He's saying, don't you understand In the second half of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he says, For God said, I will never fail you, and I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am always there. God will never fail. And we need to understand that. He might not do things the way we want him to do it, but he will always pour out his love. He will always empty himself. We need to think about the things that God is about. And we need to hold on to that. And we actually think sometimes that we can actually earn some points with God. Oh, we know he gave us our salvation, but hey, God, did you notice what I did? 
I helped that lady across the street. And God goes, yeah, she wasn't even wanting to cross the street. You drug her all the way. <laughs> Get over here. I got to score points with God. And we try to do things to impress God. God isn't impressed. God doesn't go, oh, my goodness gracious, Richard. Oh, you got a lot of points with me. He, he loves us. Even when we're all messed up, he loves us. It's not like if you were before you got saved and like David said, I mean, we were wino dinos and team bats, right? We were all messed up. And yet God loved us. And when you finally got saved, it's not, he doesn't say, now I really love you. No, he loved you even then. The problem is we don't understand that and we don't embrace that. And we have to hold on to him. We sometimes think that God can never love us. It's like, man, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't know the things I've done in my life. You don't know how messed up I am. You don't know how broken I am. You don't know how I've let them down. You don't know the people I've hurt. You don't know the things I've done. I'm wicked. God can never love me. God says, yes, I can. He's loved the worst, and he's loved the best, and he loves us all the same. We need to accept God's unconditional love. A second thing we need to change our thinking with is that we need appreciate God's holiness. We need to appreciate God's holiness. It was really funny in that interview with David Krantz. David Krantz is the guy that said, I was building my house, and I needed muscle and I used to have a hardwood flooring company, so I knew how to use a hammer. I knew how to build, and, and I would go and help him. But I was really ministering to him because he was lost. He was lost, 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 lost. He was really addicted to some things and doing some things that were very destructive. And, and every time he'd see me, he'd go, oh, here comes a pastor. And when he wanted me there and he needed me, he was real cool. But afterwards, he's like, I don't need this dude anymore. We got the wall up. We got the roof up. I don't need him anymore. One time he was up on the roof, and when he saw me coming, he jumped. He didn't even use a ladder. He jumped off the roof and jumped over the fence. And I'm being serious. I'm like, man, but you know what? That's how some of us treat God. We think, oh, man, we can't accept God's holiness. And we think, yeah, man, God is perfect and God is great and I'm not. So, man, I better run. Run, Forrest, run. Get away from God because he might zap you. Some of us think God is a sniper. He's up there in heaven. Just make my day. Make one mistake. Vámonos. You're out of there. Man, thank God God doesn't do that. Amen? Otherwise, we'd have all these little piles of dirt. All these little piles of... It, it looked like, wow, you guys have a lot of chicharrones in this church. Yeah, that's not a chicharron. That's Pastor Richard. He messed up and God got him. Boom. Man, no. See, God is a loving God. In First Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, it says, No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. You've got to understand that God never breaks a promise. God keeps his word. God does not lie. God is a holy God. That literally means he's set apart. Holy means separated, set apart from those things. In Psalm 33, verse 21, it says, In him, in God, our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. I mean, look, we all, at least I know I, I enjoy water. Especially, man, when you're hiking or walking and running or whatever you might do. Man, 
oh, to pop open a bottle of water and then you drink it. Man, purified water. Now, what if I, it runs low and I go, E, I need more water. And someone runs out the door and they go to the bathroom and they get water out of the toilet and they fill up what I've drank. Would you want that water? I wouldn't. It's been contaminated. Even if they just got one drop. What if they just got one drop out of the toilet water? And they put it in there. I don't know about you. I don't want to drink that. Because it's been contaminated. And let me tell you something. We need to understand that God has not been contaminated. God is a creator. He is a holy God. He is separated from all these things. He's separate. He's different. He's completely different with him from what you and I think. And we need to understand that when you can embrace that and understand his unconditional love and understand his holiness, it's really amazing. It's like Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 57 verse 15. He said, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. In other words, those whose people really understand, you know what, I'm all messed up, man. I need the Lord. He goes, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and the re- and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. See, we, we, we get afraid of that word repentance. We look at repentance almost like, turn or burn, repent, you sinners. Man, it's like, geez, that sounds inviting. And so we're afraid. We get afraid. Man, God doesn't push us away. God draws us in. His repentance draws us in. It's the word metanoia we said in Greek that literally means the changing of your mind, the changing of your thinking, not just your direction, but you change your mind and you change the way you think so you don't end up going right back to that direction. You end up staying pure and you're holy because he's a holy God. And he says, be holy as I am holy. And he wants us to be set apart so that you're not contaminated by the world. But instead, you infiltrate the world and you touch it. And that's what he wants us to do. And when we shift our thinking and understand that he is a holy God and he is a loving God, we start embracing that and taking it in. And it takes me to the third thing that we need to really believe about God is that we could trust God's judgment. You could trust God's judgment. Again, God's not up there ready to zap you. Some of us think he's like a police. I don't know about you. I don't know what it is about. I feel like, man, was I always that guilty or what? But even to this day, if I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden there's a cop behind me, I tell everybody, is everyone buckled up? <laughs> and then I go, okay, be careful, be, behave. I'm there 10 and 2, 10 and 2. <laughs> Sometimes I even shut the radio off. Why is it? Why? I don't, come on. So do any of you do that? Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, no talking, no talking. There's a cop and you're like, oh, he's going to pull me over. He's going to pull me over. That's what we think God's like. I'm following you and I'm just waiting for you to mess up. I'm going to give you a ticket. It's like, man, that's not God. That's not his judgment. His judgment is wisdom. His judgment is understanding. He seeks us out. 
not to destroy us, but to pull us in. He knows what's really right from wrong. How many of us would ever think that some of the stuff that's going on in this world would ever be going on? We never thought that. We never had to define ourselves. What noun do you define yourself with? A child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Well, I'm a him, a her, and them, and that, and this, and that. Oh, my gosh. How did we get so confused and all messed up? God is saying, don't you understand? My judgment is right. My love is true. In the book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 20, he says, no, don't say that. Who are you? You're a mere being to argue with God. He's saying, why are you arguing with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? Yet people are like that all the time. I don't know why you made me like this. I don't know. It's because you haven't discovered who you are. You haven't discovered your identity in Jesus Christ. You haven't found out exactly what he created you for. And you are sitting there wondering, going through life, going, I wonder what I'm here for. What am I here for? What am I here for? And let me tell you something. God has a calling on you, and he's placed a calling with your inabilities and your abilities, and he wants to use it for his glory. That's why he even says, when we are weak, he is strong. God can use anyone. He can use anyone that makes themselves available. We need to understand that. God God understands what you're facing, and he has a solution for it. He wants to help you through. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, it says, As you endure his divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own child, who has heard, uh, who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his father? So he's saying, look, God loves us so much, he's going to discipline us just like a father or a mother disciplines their child. Look, there's a family that I know, really a good family, and mom went to work and dad was working the late shift, so he goes, I'll stay with the baby, the baby two-and-a-half-year-old son. And the two-and-a-half-year-old son was taking a nap, so dad laid next to him, took a nap. But the two-and-a-half-year-old woke up, and dad didn't. And the two-and-a-half-year-old knows how to, had learned how to open the front door. And guess what? Opened the front door and went out into the street. And walking along the sidewalk, wasn't in the street, but he's walking out in the public just with a diaper and a T-shirt. And everyone's going, oh, my gosh, what about this kid? And then dad wakes up and he's like, oh, my gosh. And the front door's open. And he's like, ah, and he's running down the street and he finds his son. And, man, by that time, CYFD is there and CPS, Child Protective Services. And they're going, what happened? And, and he's going, look, man, I'm a good, all my neighbors will tell you I'm an amazing father, hardworking man, a good husband a good father but man i was asleep with my son and but he knows how to open the door now and then when they went back man he go man you're getting a pow pow he didn't give him a beating but he said listen please don't ever go out there mijo don't go out there son because look it's dangerous you could have gotten hurt you could have gotten injured you could have fallen a dog could have attacked you you could have gone in the street maybe even run over please don't ever do that again and they taught their son and they disciplined their son and they educated their son and they said don't let this happen ever again we do that because we bring correction don't you understand god brings correction to us god isn't looking for someone to punish he's looking for someone to correct 
guide him and lead him back into righteousness that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. He will acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. Look, I think a lot of people have heard John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But look what John 17 says, 3.17. And Jesus goes on and goes on to say, God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, God's job wasn't to zap us. He was to relieve us. He was to free us. He was to save us. He was to get us out of that destructive life and destructive pattern. We need to understand God's judgment. And another thing we need to shift our thinking on is understanding God's timing. The fourth thing is understanding God's timing. We need to understand that God is always on time. We heard the testimonies up there. Eddie and Melinda, Pastor Eddie and his wife Melinda were saying, man, we're wondering, what what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But God is never late. Eddie even quoted that scripture. He said, man, God isn't late. Man, there's some things that we might be experiencing or have experienced, and we go, man, why do I have to go through that? Why am I going through that? Why, 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 why? And God is going, don't you understand? Those things happen for a purpose. They drew you to me, and they drew others to me because of you. God has a way of doing things. And that's why he says in Psalm 27, verse 14, wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Our biggest problem is we wait and wait and wait and it doesn't happen. And then if it doesn't happen on our time, guess what we do? We get ahead of God. Haven't you ever decided to help God? Like if he needed our help? Oh God, you're taking so long. I better just, I better do something. And then he has to go undo everything you did. He's like, hi, son or daughter, why'd you do that? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. He does not want anyone. He says, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent and have everlasting life. God isn't trying to push you out. He's trying to draw you in. Man, many times we say, God, I want to trust you. Show me what I should do. And we want it laid out. We want it all laid out. We want it perfect. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to give you every step. You've got to trust me. Trust me on the step number one, and then trust me on step number two. We want the whole path laid out. And that, like, if every, man, don't you understand that God revealed everything to you all at once? It'd blow you away. If he revealed to me the night I got saved that I was going to be a pastor and live in Albuquerque, and I, it would have messed me. I'd go, What? Man, I live in Corpus Christi, Texas. There's an ocean over here. I had the whole Gulf of Mexico. Somebody told me, well, we got Kingley Beach. I go, oh. I go, man, I didn't know they had a beach in Albuquerque. Orale. And back in those days, you would cruise both sides, you remember? You would cruise, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So Cindy and I learned how to cruise all cool. Yeah, it, it was just crazy. 
But man, Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. He goes, they're nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. You see, we think God's like a delivery man. It's like if you're going to get something from Amazon, you know when you order something from Amazon and it says out for delivery and you're there, oh yeah, it's out for, so you're out looking at the window, looking at the window, is it here yet, is it here yet? And it says it'll be there before 9 p.m. And you're there, oh my gosh. Oh, you're looking, looking, looking. And then finally, ding, delivered. Oh, it's It's here. And that's how we are with God. When are you going to bring it, God? When are you going to bring it? We think he's a delivery boy. God is a deliverer. He's not a delivery man. He's a deliverer. He sets you free. He doesn't bring stuff to you. He takes it away. So you can be transformed. We need to understand that. And another thing, number five, we need to respect God's strength. We need to respect his strength. Ask God for his strength in your life. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. You know what I really hate? There's a picture out there of Jesus and Satan arm wrestling. Have you all seen that one? And man, they're sweating. Jesus isn't sweating. He's not like, oh, I hope I can beat Satan. I hope I, oh, oh, Satan's winning. No, no, I'm winning. No, Satan's Satan's winning. Oh, no, I'm winning. Man, Jesus already won. He conquered him. He conquered sin. He's not over there wrestling with the devil. We might be wrestling with the devil. They ought to have a picture of the devil in us wrestling, but then they ought to have Jesus right behind us. Ah, mira, there, you lost devil. Get out of here. But we get all freaked out, and oh my gosh. We think, ay, 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 Jesus, come on, Jesus, come through. The devil is so dumb, when he killed Jesus on Friday... He thought that all of hell was rejoicing. Ha <laughs> ha, we won. And Jesus is going, dude, I'm just kicking back from my grand entrance on Sunday. I'm going to come back from the dead and I'm going to set the captives free. I'm going to give sight to the blind. I'm going to restore lives and break chains and set them free. It wasn't like, did Jesus win? Did the devil win? Who won? Psalm 18, verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock. He's my rock. He's my savior. He's my fortress. He's my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find he's my protection. He's my shield. He's the power that saves. And my place of safety, that's who God is. Quit treating God as if he's weak. Or if he needs our help. Poor God, he can't do this. So God, I've, I pray, 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 but you haven't delivered. So, well, God, I better just take matters in my own hands and you make a mess of things. In the book of Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? He goes, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? In other words, his love leads us to repentance. His kindness leads us to repentance. His ministry leads us to repentance. 
We need to understand that. We need to embrace that. We need to hold that. We need to build our lives in that. And we need to get strong in that. We've got to get that. And we've got to hold on to that. Respect his power. We go, aren't you going to ask him for prayer? No, God, I don't think God can do that. I've been praying forever for my son. He, he, My son's too far gone for God. Oh, my daughter's just way too far gone for God. My mom or dad, they're too far gone for God. They're too far gone for God. No, they're not. Our God is in a weakling. He's not caught off guard. God knows everything. He wants us to put our trust in him. And it brings me to the sixth thing that I really want us to really readjust our thinking on, and that is enjoy God's presence. We don't know how to enjoy God's presence. We don't know how to bask in his presence. Come before him and just, hi, Lord, you're awesome. How amazing you are. God, you're so wonderful. But instead we're like, hey, man, watch out. Oh, Brother Richard came on the retreat. Oh, and I wonder if we could have any fun. We had all kinds of fun. So, man, God's going to be here. Now I got to behave. Man, you're supposed to be behaving all the time. Not just when God's around. Don't you understand? He's always around. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You will show me the way of life. Granting me the joy of your presence, the joy of your presence, and the pleasures of living with you. And that's what it's all about. Don't be paranoid to hang out with God. Hey, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to behave. Oh, man, that comes natural once you start understanding his word and living his word and coming to church and worshiping God and praying and spending time in his word and spending time in fellowship and spending time in Bible study. You encourage each other. Man, it's something transformational takes place. Sometimes we're uncomfortable being around God because we know that he knows that we know that we didn't or we did. God wants us to spend time with him. Psalm 42, verse 2 says, I thirst for God, the living God. I thirst for him. When can I go and stand before him? Man, what what do you thirst for? What do you thirst for in your life? What are you really thirsting for? Are you thirsting for peace and love and joy? Are you thirsting for security and significance? Are you thirsting for righteous things? Or are you thirsting for wicked things and things that are going to destroy you and your marriage and your childhood walk and your adult walk? What is it you're thirsting for? Jesus taught us to call upon the name of the Lord and to call him our Father. Call God your Father. See, some of you had an amazing dad, so it's easy to call God your father because you love your dad, you love the God. But some of you had a horrible, wicked father. It's like, I don't want to call God my father. If he's anything like my dad was, forget it. No. Sometimes we have the wicked people that live in our house. And that's why we have child abuse and other kinds of abuses. But God is a loving God. He's a father. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, It says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. So you're not all freaked out with God. Instead, 
You received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. And we get to call him Daddy. We go, Daddy, Father, God, I love you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look, I'll never forget the first time I went to Israel. <laughs> and I felt like such an idiot. At first, I was I was there. We were walking. You do a lot of walking. And we're walking past this school. And there was a bunch of kids coming out of school. And there was a small kid. And he's standing there with his little satchel. And he had a, a little lunchbox. And he all of a sudden, he starts going. And he goes, Abba, 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 Abba. And I go, oh, look, how cute he's. He's actually saying Abba. And then I'm going, yeah, you stupid idiot, because he's calling his daddy. But to hear it was like, wow, they really do that. (laughs) Well, that's their language. And they're going, daddy, daddy. But he says we could call him daddy God. We could call him Tata Dios. We could call our father, and we could say, hi, daddy. I love you, daddy. I need you, daddy. In Luke chapter 24, verse 45, it says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Oh, that we would understand the scriptures. Oh, that we would understand his love. Oh, that we would understand his mercy. Oh, that he would, we would understand the things of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Have you come to understand that? Have you really come to understand how amazing our God is? To take him in and to really embrace it? And to go, God, you are so good. Even when difficult times come, you're still good. Even when abundant times come, you're still good. Because you're just good. Our God is good. So let me ask you something. Have you asked God to be your father? Have you accepted Jesus Christ and asked God to be your father and you become an adopted son or daughter of God? Have you received Christ as your Savior and Lord? I know I talk about this every Sunday and every Wednesday, but it's because I want to make sure you have the opportunity to make peace with God and so you can spend all of eternity with him. So if there's anyone here that wants to surrender their life to the Lord and say, dear God, be my father, I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. I want to live for you. I want to accept Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here that wants to do that, raise your hand and say, I would love to do that. I would love to do that today. Anyone here? Well, then I just want to pray with you. And I want to believe God. Amen. Yeah, there's somebody back here that raised their hand. Anyone else? Well, then, look, I, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want you to stand because you're making the greatest decision in your life. So if you raise your hand, just stand because we're going to pray with you. And we're all going to pray this together. So just say this. Say, Heavenly Father, today I want to ask you to become my God and my Father. Forgive me of all my sins. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, I want to celebrate with you. Hey, would you make your way up? Would you make your way up so I could just give you a high five and celebrate with you? We've got some material we'd love to give you. If you stood up and you, you prayed that prayer, 
I'd love to give you some material and we have some things for you. So I, I don't want to embarrass you. But if, if you want to do that, just Pastor Eddie's waiting over here and he's got some material he'd like to just share with you and, and, and pour that into you. Oh my gosh, ladies, what an amazing decision. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, we love you, sis. We love you. Alejandra's an amazing lady. She'll go back there with you and help you out. Would you just stand and ask God to deal with you now? Because even though we love the Lord with all of our heart, we go through life sometimes wondering, okay, God, I haven't been trusting you like I need to. I haven't been trusting the truth of who you are and what your word says about you. Lord, I've been trusting my image of you instead of your image of you. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you've been thirsting after. And I don't know what you've been feeding your soul with. But today, make a decision to completely feed it with him. So, Father, from this day forward, I really want to do everything your way and not mine. I want to hold on to your truth. I want to hold on to your peace. I want to hold on to your strength. I want to lean into you with the spirit of the living God. Father, your word says in Psalm 145, verse 3, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Oh, God, I want to praise your holy name. No one can measure his greatness. Lord, you have been good even when I've been bad. And you've been amazing even when I thought I was doing great. You're patient and loving and caring and kind. Father, strengthen me with your love and grace. Allow me to get closer to you and stronger through your spirit. Help me to do the things that you want me to do. That, Lord, I could get stronger and stronger through your love and your mercy. And, Lord, I pray this in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. So do we have any baptismal candidates today? So I would love for you to join us right there by the baptismal pool. We're going to have that right now. So if you could just make your way out there and cheer them on into the greatest decision they're making second to coming to Christ. You're dismissed to go live it out for the glory of God.